0: Good morning everybody. Good to see you all and be here this morning. Um, I recognize, I want to say old faces, but I'll just be careful and say I recognize a few people I know and um, a few of you I don't know. For those of you who don't know, my name is Victor. As um, Pastor Will said, um, I still can't believe how privileged I am to be on staff at City Church in Taronga. Um I get to manage the cafe we have there. And um, if you've never been during the week, you should come visit. We've had several people walk in, and I had one of them about a week or two ago, I invited this guy to come from church, and he walked in, and he stopped me and said, what's going on here today? And I said, this is normal. Um, We've got lots of people coming in, so it's a great community cafe, um, obviously on staff there with some of the leadership, and get to do some of the pastoral stuff, and then when they need people to speak and they get desperate, they give me a call, so it's good to be here, and um, I do... Um, I love the Word of God. I never get tired of the Word of God. And um, I've had the privilege of, for probably a good um, 45 years at least, I know you think I'm not old enough, but 45 years or so I've been um, falling in love with the Word of God. And um, I believe it's changing me. Don't say amen too loudly, but I'm, I'm trusting God is working in me. Is that all right? My big thing at the moment is, Not telling people I'm born again, but telling them I'm following the way. Because when you talk about born again, people get all, what do you mean? Well, I'm following the way of Jesus. And that's what the early church was. They were people who were following the way. Um, The word Christian and and born again, we made all of those terms sort of suit us a bit later on. Um, I'm really excited at the moment. Um, Pastor Nicole's been going with me. We've been doing an alpha course um, at City Church during the week, a lunchtime alpha course. Anyone ever done alpha? Oh, there we go. Um, So I've never done it before and so they asked me to come along to this and we've got um, six people coming there who are not Christian, have never ever been born again or have zero church contact or involvement. And so can I say it's just exciting, Um, people are open, people are interested and to hear them asking questions, I mean this week was all about faith and they were just talking about it and the one guy said, man it's like the light went on and, and I'm just going, No way! Excuse me, so I've come to the realization that I'm the one who makes us all weird and confusing. Um, When you put the gospel in front of people who are open, it makes sense to them. And um, so let's not be weird, eh? Let's just be normal and follow the way of Jesus and people will follow with us, okay? Um, I want to just share something real quickly. I've I've actually shared it with two people this morning. I'm going to do it again. and I just want to share it with you because I believe we all have such preconceived ideas. You know, a preconceived idea is something that you think, yep, that's it. And so if I were to ask you this morning in the Bible, I got to a verse I was reading in Ezekiel and said, this Sodom's sins, talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom's sins were, what would you all say? I mean, don't say it out loud, but you know, we'd all know where we'd go. We'd be thinking about all the homosexuality and the... The, the sexual sins and the promiscuity of, of Sodom. That's what God's going to deal with Sodom for. Listen to what it says. Just to show you how we have a preconceived idea, God sees everything different to how you and I do. In Ezekiel sixteen forty nine, it says, Sodom's sins were. There's three of them. And I guarantee if you haven't read this in the last little while, you would never get them. Pride, gluttony, and laziness. That's what the Bible says. Well, I don't think we would have got that if it was multiple choice today. We would have chosen something else. And so my point is, God sees stuff different to us. And we need to make sure whenever we come to the Word, that we get rid of these preconceived ideas and say, God, would you speak to us today? Would you, would you talk to me? I love the fact that all Scripture is profitable for teaching. Amen? And so whenever you come to church, you don't get to choose what they're going to speak about, um, but you get to say, God, you're going to talk to me today, and I'm meant to be here. Okay? Everyone okay? Yeah. Here we go. So, Pastor Eleanor and Pastor Alan asked me to um, come and speak this word. It's based off a, a word that Pastor Alan did um, quite a while ago at City, a couple of months back. And so I'm just going to, um, I've been over his notes and had a look and let God just talk to me. And I believe I'm bringing you something fresh because the word of God is always fresh. Um, we are very blessed to live in New Zealand. How many people were born in New Zealand? Oh, more than half here. That's incredible. Well done. So there's a few of us who weren't born in New Zealand, as you can hear, and we really feel we're especially blessed to be in New Zealand. And so if you, if you live in New Zealand, you need to jack yourself up a bit and be really blessed that you live here, okay? We are really blessed to live in Tauranga. Um, I had people visiting who traveled sort of for a month around New Zealand, and they came to me and they said, man, you live in the best city in the country. And I went, Really? <laughs> Like, I've been to Wellington on a good day. I've been to Queenstown. I think, man, they're pretty cool. But this person had traveled the whole country and said, you live in the best part of New Zealand. And I thought, man, we are blessed to live here. Um, all of us have a home. No one slept on the streets last night. We are very blessed to have a home, um, a place to live. We are very blessed to have a, a building we can have church in. Um, there were even heaters when you walked in. I stood by the heater for a bit too long. It was too good. But um, we're blessed to have a building. Um, there's, there's churches who... Have to pack up and pack out every morning. Can you imagine that? Anyone remember that? Yep, getting in, <laughs> packing in, packing out. We're very blessed to to do this. Um, we're very blessed to have a couple of meals a day. Um, we we might take that for granted, but you know, um, most of you would have thought about what you're going to have for lunch already today. And um, you know, we, we take it for granted, but we are very blessed that we actually can have meals a day. Um, if you've got a job, you are very blessed. Yeah. If you actually have a job and you have somebody to go work tomorrow, um, you are blessed. You may not think so, but you are. You are very blessed to have a job. Yeah. Um, if the government's helping you in any way, um, don't put your hand up if you're over 65, but you're very blessed. And um, if you're not 65 and the government's helping you, you are very blessed. Yeah. There are countries where um, there's no government to help you. Yeah. Um, you are very blessed. If you drove here today or you came in a car with someone, you're very blessed. Yeah. There are people you cannot believe in the world who've never, ever driven in a motor car. If you came here with a car today, you are very blessed. We're actually so blessed, a lot of us even have tiny houses for our cars, yes. like a little garage. <laughs> we, we park our car in a house. <laughs> there are parts of the world where they don't have a house to live in. Yeah. They live in a mud hut. Yeah. Um, we are very, very blessed. I'm sure there'll be no arguing today with me. Everyone will agree. No one will say you've missed it. And um, I want to be sensitive to the, the situation of some people because some people might be sitting you and you're actually going through some hard stuff. But when you stop and actually have a look at it, we are really blessed. Um, we are exceptionally blessed. And can I say, um, we are really blessed because of one reason, and that's because of Jesus Christ. Every single thing we are blessed about is because of God. Um, if there's anything commendable in our lives or anything praiseworthy, it's because of God, not because of us. Everything is because of God. Um, today, what I really want to speak about is, I did a talk at church about four years ago and I asked if I could title it the F word, you know, because no one really likes the F word. It's quite bad. It's all over everywhere you see it. People use it, even in church circles. And... Um, It's not really a a nice word, and you try and take it out of your vocabulary, and it's the word finance. Um, It's it's one of those words, now remember, you can't stop listening now, because at the start of the service, you all said, all scripture is profitable for teaching, and so we're going to go through this, but um, what is amazing about all those things that I spoke to us about, being blessed about, all of that actually has to do with finance, Um, every one of those, and... um, We need to realize that we are blessed, no matter what our situation is, we are extremely blessed, and it's because of God. And so this morning, I want to just challenge you that when you think about your finances, are you thinking about it the right way, or do you think about it like the F word? (laughs) Um, Finances is not a bad word. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for his good and his faithful love endures forever. Um, Every dollar that you have, do you actually give thanks for it? Or do you just take it for granted that you can go to McDonald's on the way home? Maybe that's not a good example, but you can put, put gas in your car. Do you give God thanks and say, man, God, thank you that I can do that? Or do you moan more about the price of the fuel than actually giving God thanks In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those who belong to Christ. What is the overriding thought you have when you think about your finances? Is it a a thought of thankfulness and gratitude to God? Or is it a thought of, man, I need more, I haven't got enough, and where am I going to get the next one from? I want to challenge us today. We need to turn the way we think, and we need to think, I am blessed. And I want to give thanks to God. Psalm 118 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything to God and thank him for all he has done. When lost, have you thank God before you've spent some of your money? Um, you know, we, I, I reckon we'd almost be better off if we had cash because when you stand at Pack and Save or wherever you go and you just put the little piece of plastic down and you don't even need to put it in anymore. And it just, they get their money and let you leave without calling you a robber. And and, and I often go, do you just think about what you've just done? Thank you, God, that I could do that. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Let me never forget the good things that he has done for me. And Ephesians 5.20 says, And give thanks for everything to God in the, God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm more and more convinced that everything we have, everything that's a blessing in our lives is because of God and because of Jesus. And we need to see it that way. We need to see it that way. Everything we have is from God. Everything comes from God. And um, a couple of things about tithing. When you talk about finance, um, One of the first things that always comes up is tithing, and um, I've had lots of discussions with a lot of different people about it, but let me just, um, just say a few things about tithing. I think number one, tithing is a personal decision, and we never ever want anyone to feel under pressure to give. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly. Or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I believe that the challenge people have with giving is they don't actually realize where it comes from. And so they haven't had that revelation in their heart. And when God speaks to you, you need to change. You know, when, um, we're, too, we're too quick when people get saved to people make a response to Jesus and we quickly want to clean up everything. Well, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. I remember when I was in Bible college. One of the biggest discussions we had one night was um, one of the ladies was witnessing to a neighbour of hers, and um, the neighbour got saved, and the next, which was a major miracle. And the next morning, she found out that the neighbour was a prostitute, and so they had this big discussion at Bible college. You know, it was a group discussion about how do we tell this woman she's got to stop working? You know, and this went on for like probably an hour. And one of the guys stopped and said, man, surely the most exciting thing should be that she's given her life to Jesus. And we let God worry about the rest. But they were more worried about the fact of what work she does than the fact that she just got saved. The Bible says the angels rejoice when one person comes. It doesn't say they rejoice when one person comes and stops doing all the bad things. But we just got to have a look at how we look at it. Um, so you need to decide in your own heart and God's got to deal with you about it don't let the church deal with you you decide in your own heart number two we need to remember that when we tithe and give our offerings we are giving to God not the church I think sometimes we are too quick to think we're giving to the church I wonder what car the pastor's driving and I wonder if they're using the money properly you know I don't think they should buy those biscuits you can get cheaper ones um, you know, there's a lot of comments and thoughts about what the church is doing, but you need to realize you give your money to God, not to the church. I think we also all need a personal revelation about tithing and giving. Just like any sin in your life when the Holy Spirit points out something to you, it's a personal revelation. God needs to show you that it means to tithe. If you're just doing it to tick a box, I believe you're missing what God intended. While you're tired in giving though, while it's a personal thing, it has a great effect on the community. Yeah. Um, it was interesting walking around our church once, we were, we'd had a tech application to get a grant from Tect And I was walking around the church and just showing the lady all the different things she did. And she said, man, you, you don't really need to be talking to me because I know that the churches in Tauranga do some of the best work for the community. They have things that they do. They have um, soup kitchens and outreach food stuff. She says, we know that they do this. The problem is on the board, the people always vote against churches getting the money because they have an issue with church. But she said, I know the churches make a big difference in the community. And and it does. When you give into a church that's part of a community, you do make a a big difference. Um, Our church in particular... As an incredibly generous congregation and as as a leadership, we want to thank everyone who gives because we are very, very blessed. And we can do a lot of things that we are involved with because of the blessing. I think because of the generous giving and the sacrificial giving of people in the past, we are privileged today. Now, we've got an incredible building in Tauranga. We have a building here. Um, You may be visiting. You're only coming here for a few weeks or months. Someone else put into this building and gave time, gave money. Um, the building didn't, didn't come like this. There was no carpet Yeah, You'd have had cold feet. Um, there were no doors there. I remember that shutter was just open. So people in the past that have given have brought us to a place where we are now. And so when you think about your giving, bringing your tithes and offerings to God, you are having an impact on people that are coming. Um, we got... Two people that I know personally got saved in the last um, month or a bit at church, and I was thinking about it, man, that's just absolutely amazing. You know, one of them works for us in the cafe, and I realized that every single person who's tithed into the church, every single person who's given up their time and hosted on the door, or, or stood and done praise and worship, or stood and done the sound, or served tea and coffee, has a part in that person's salvation. You know, if, if there was no one else here and that person just rocked up on a Sunday, I don't think they would have got saved. But because there was the, the environment, the hosts were on the door, someone had paid the water and lights, so the, the lights were still on and the, the music could play, and the, the person who was sharing the word, that they shared the word. It was actually at the Easter service, and um, the worship team did their part, and they, the kids did a little item. All of that had a part in that person getting saved. And to me, that's the incredible thing Um. About the church, I personally believe that in my life, um, one of the reasons that I've been really blessed is because I've been faithful tithing. Um, can I just say, I was 10 years old when I got saved, and I didn't tithe then, because I wasn't earning. But my first job was in the army in South Africa, and I got 122 rand, so that'll be $12. That was my first paycheck, and um, I tithed which was easy, okay? Anyone can give $11 or $12 and, or rand. And so I feel very privileged that I've tithed my whole life and it's never been a, and I say this cautiously, it's never been a major step of faith. Um, I would wonder if I was today saved and had all of a sudden take off a big chunk of 10%, how easy would that go? And I thank God that he's never tested me that way. What I'm saying is that the sooner you can start tithing, the easier the journey becomes. But when you, when you wait till you're earning, i people say, well, when I earn that much, I'm going to tithe. Man, if you can't give on $100, bucks, you are not going to give on 10000 And so you need to make sure you've dealt with that in your life. But for me personally, I believe one of the reasons I'm extremely blessed in life is because I've always tithed, and God has honored that. Um, we gave into a building fund at church probably for about seven years. They would have a, a building offering once a year. was normally in May, and we gave into that for about seven years while we did not own our own house, and um, what a miracle when you give into God's house, He give you a house of your own, and today we live in a house in the lakes that if you asked me three years ago would I ever do that, I'd never ever thought possible, but because of the blessing of God, I know that's because of him, not me. Everything just worked the way it did. As a church, we are continually asked to meet needs locally and internationally. We, we're a real generous church. Um, if you ever go onto the website, you'll see all the um, international ministries we're involved with, the local ministries we're involved with. Um, the church is able to do that because of the generosity of the people that give into the church, and so we are really blessed about that. In a church, we're in a strong position financially that we are able to pay staff Um, We do have a mortgage. It was great while the interest rates were low. And um, our belief is to get rid of that mortgage. And everyone said, amen. Because I believe we could do way more if we didn't have that. And so, to just those points that I've made, the most important one for me there was you don't give to the church. You give to God. But the church is doing incredible stuff in our city and even in our local community. Um, I believe that tithing is one biblical practice that sits right alongside all the other Christian disciplines like reading your Bible, praying, worshiping, fasting. Sometimes we want to separate it and say those are the things you should do but tithing is a biblical practice. Um, One of the biggest things for me about tithing is it's an exercise of faith and trust in God and saying God I believe my money comes from you and so I'm just giving it back to you. And I'm going to trust that you are going to make me meet whatever I need to meet at the end of the month. Um, just quickly, a, a definition of what the Bible would say. Tithing is a practice of giving 10% of your income to God first. In the Old Testament, it was brought to the temple, and in the New Testament, um, it is brought into the church. Um, tithing goes right back in the Bible to what I probably call the second story in the Bible, which was Cain and Abel. Um, Cain and Abel brought their offerings, but... He brought an offering that was his first fruits. That was the first time there was tithing. But if you go even before that into the Garden of Eden, God introduced tithing. He said, you can have all of this stuff except the one tree. And I believe that that's what tithing is. God says, man, I'm going to give you all of this. All I want you to do is give me back 10%. And so um, a few thoughts that I want to go over about tithes and offerings And then um, I'll I'll have a look at some scriptures, and I really hope I'm going to challenge your thinking, because when I looked at all of this, it really challenged mine. Um, One of the first things about tithing, it's a way of acknowledging that God is our God, and everything I have comes from Him. Tithing is an act of worship, and it should come from our heart. You know, too many times we just see tithing as a, a, a chore or a rule that has to be obeyed. Well, then you need to go back to the very first scripture I read, Let each person decide in his own heart, because tithing is an act of worship, saying, God, I believe that everything I have comes from you, and today I give you back the first 10%. Um, Tithing and giving does require faith. Now, I said to you, I've been privileged to be tithing my whole life, and so it's never been a major step of faith, but I give every month out of faith, believing that as I give, I'm giving that to God. It'll be used for the kingdom, and God's the one who blesses me with everything I have anyway. Um, tithing can actually be a really good practice for your finances because when you go, man, I've got to give 10%, it's going to make you think about how you use the rest of your money. And so you're going to go, well, hang on, I want to give 10, so I'm going to just consider what I do with the rest. Um, it is amazing to me how people say we, we, we struggle so hard to get rid of our money, but let there be an all black rugby game or a chiefs game that's in town. People will chuck hundred bucks at it, no problem to go get a ticket. So we're actually happy to part with our money. It's more about where we're giving it. And so we need to just check our hearts on that. So tithing can be a great way to help you be mindful of how you spend and more intentional of where you're giving your money. Um, A couple of stories out of the Bible um, that I want to go over. One of the the first stories, and I've never really heard this been spoken about during a finance talk, and that's when Jesus fed the 5,000 people. Now, can I just quickly say, you know, if you think about 5,000 people, we're we 50-odd here this morning. When you got 5,000, I think it's fair to say there were quite a few people right on the fringes who didn't even know that a miracle took place. They would have just been sitting there, and a basket would have come by, and they'd have got a bit of bread and a bit of fish, and they have been quite happy eating, but they would have missed the miracle. The people who were real close, Will and Nicole and Cam and them, yeah, they would have been looking and going, oh my word. It's still going. Oh my word! There's more, and and Jesus was breaking the bread, and the disciples were taking it. You all understand what I'm saying? The the people close would have seen the miracle, but those on the fringes, they wouldn't have known. They would have just, oh, there comes ours. Yep, they bringing us. We've got our basket of bread, and and so, what I want to say to you today, and to myself, I never want to be on the fringes and miss when God's done a miracle. I want to make sure I've noticed that what God has done is a miracle. And so, why I want to talk about this story, Um, you know, Jesus prayed, he blessed the food, and then he said, now go and give it to all of them. And it wasn't like, boom, there was a pile of bread as high as this roof, and there was a, a, a mountain of fish behind him all of a sudden. The miracle happened when he started giving it away. So when they broke the bread and started giving it, that's when it multiplied. And I believe our giving is exactly the same with God. We often want to expect the miracle and go, okay, God, I'm going I'm to pray and boom, there'll be this money in my account. Uh, that's called the lotto. That's not how God works. And so when you give it, God will multiply it. Do you all get that in the picture? It didn't go boom, there was this pile of bread or mountain of bread. It was as he gave it, it multiplied. I'm sure the disciples would have looked and thought, yep, with this little basket, we can give the first 10 or 20 people. But when he broke the next piece, they gone. maybe the next 20 as well, and and it just carried on. And every time they came back, they got more, and and, so the miracle happened when he gave, when you sow. We often want to reap, but you need to sow first. We often want to reap, but you have to sow first. Now, I've had um, lots of discussions over the years about tithing, and to me, um, My friends who are are not involved in church or not saved or not people who are following the way, to them, this is the most confusing part of, you give 10% of what you earn back to the church, they're like blown away by it. And so I think it's an incredible way to be counterculture and do things different to what the world does. But um, I've got two stories, and I've heard a lot of people say, well, tithing is really Old Testament. Um, You know, the whole 10% thing is Old Testament, and... Nowhere in the New Testament does anyone really talk about that. So I've got two stories I want to go over quickly. Luke chapter 19, and I want to read from verse 1 to 10 quickly. And it says, And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short and he could not see over the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people who saw this began to mutter. He has gone to be a guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, Lord, look. Here and now I give half my possessions away to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Listen what Jesus says. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Isn't that amazing? So there's another way you can get saved, by the way. If you give away half of what you own, and you, anyone you've cheated, you give them four times what you've taken off them, salvation will come to you. Okay, so those who struggle with the 10% principle, we've got a new one here. It's either 50% or 400%. Okay, That's, you, you choose if you want to go with that or the 10% principle. Um, i got another story. Mark chapter 10. And Mark chapter 10 verse 17 says, talking about Jesus, he says, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder Do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all of these things from my youth. That's pretty impressive. Um, Verse 21, he says, looking at him, Jesus showed love to him and said to him, one thing you lack, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But it says, the man was deeply dismayed at these words, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. So if the 10% is an issue for you, well, I've got a new proposition, you can give away everything. And then you'll have treasure in heaven, you can come follow God. Um, I think we go back to the 10, yeah? Everyone with me? We'll just do the 10 part. But isn't it amazing that there are two stories in the Bible, in the New Testament, where Jesus goes right past the 10, he goes to 50%, or he goes to 100%. Um, I wonder what is the connection between salvation and money in our lives? What is it that has a hold on us and keeps us from a place where God should really be working in our lives? I reckon the 10% is quite a good deal. So, I want to um, finish off this morning with a challenge to you and I. If you are not tithing, then I want to ask you why don't you just start? You know, Malachi 3, verse 10, it says there that you are robbing God, you're not robbing the church. Um, I said the church doesn't need your money, you give to God. But it does say, why don't you test me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven on your life. And so if you are not tithing, I want to challenge you. Why don't you start and say, God, I you know, I don't know how, but I'm going to take a step of faith. Then the next thing, um, if you are tithing, you should have got your giving receipt by now. If you, if you haven't, you better ask for it. Um, man, we're blessed to live in New Zealand. They give, give you back a third. That's like mind-blowing. When I came here, I thought, I'm not sure what's the best part of New Zealand, daylight saving or getting back a third of what you give. It's pretty amazing. But for me, every year when I get back my tithing receipt, I look at it and go, does that reflect how much I love God? And so two years ago, my wife and I decided we want to give more than we ever have. And so last year's tax receipt, when I got it back, was the most I'd ever given in my life. And I'm in my mid-50s. Hard to believe, but in my mid-50s. And um, I was blessed enough to give the most that I'd ever given. And so my wife said, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we're great. And I said, next year, we're going to give more. And she like, she always does it, but I know she doesn't mean it. She sort of gave me this double look. And I said, I want to give more. If I really believe what I do about God, and if I believe everything I have comes from God, I'm going to give more. And so we were blessed. We set a figure what we wanted to give. And um, we normally call sort of in about February and just go, hey, can you let us know what we've given? Are we, do you think we're on track? And we were almost there. And um, before we got the call back from the lady in the office, um, we gave a tithe or offering that week. And we were exactly the amount we wanted to be over what we gave the year before. And so I want to challenge you. Maybe you have done it or not, but if you've got your tithing receipt, why don't you open it up and have a look at it, not yet in church because someone else might see, but when you go before God and say, God, does that really reflect how I feel about you and what I do? And I don't say that today to brag before you, I say it to challenge you to have a look in your own life. Where do you stand with your giving? Um... Why don't you ask God if you can give more? You can never, ever outgive God. And so this morning I want to leave that with you and remind you of the first verse that I read today. Let each person decide in their own heart what to give. Um, Won't you stand up? And I think the the guys are going to come. I've asked them if we can sing a praise song just to make sure everyone's still friendly and happy. But. can I just say to you, if, if, if what I've shared this morning, and i say this cautiously, if what I've shared this morning has really annoyed you, <laughs> um, you don't need to come talk to me about it or Will and Nicole, but you really need to talk to God about it and say, God, why did that annoy me? Is there, is there something in me that is like a prickly pear about this subject? Because I believe everything I have is God's. And um, everything that I've been blessed with or everything that is commendable in my life is because of God not because of me and um, I don't ever want to stand somewhere and say man I've got this down and I'm sorted out and so my challenge to my wife and I is we want to give more this year again than we gave last year because I never want to be complacent in the way I think about my money and the way I Respond to God because of that. So can I pray? Dear Lord God, we, we come to you this morning, we thank you for your word. And I, I don't know what it is inside of us, but there's just something inside of us that almost feels weird when we talk about money. Today we do want to acknowledge that everything we have comes from you. And God, we want to, we just want to declare we love you. We do not want to feel any pressure. We do not want to manipulate anybody. But out of our love for you, we want to respond to what the Word of God says. And we want to be faithful. Thank you for every person who has given to this church and the things that we've been able to do. The way we've been able to reach communities and change lives. And, and see people saved. And God, we pray that this would continue, it would grow, that you would multiply what we give and that we would see C3 Coast and City and North be effective for the kingdom of God in our city. In Jesus' name, amen.